Pray with me as I pray. So we stand, the only way we can, Lord, by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, because you have wrapped us in his robes of righteousness. We believe, Lord, help our unbelief. As we look back at the season we've come out of and we look forward to a new year, it brings a lot of emotion. Lord, help us to walk into the new year knowing that you are the one who walks with us for you are in us. You are already there. Just saying, come on. Walk on the water. Let's do this thing together. So Lord, as we continue to worship you in your word now, I pray that what we lack, you would give us. That what we cannot yet see, you would show us. That what we do not yet know, you would teach us. And that what we are not yet, you would make us. That we would bring you glory with our very lives. And I pray all this to the one who is worthy, the only one who is worthy of all praise and glory. Jesus Christ, your only begotten of the Father. It's in his name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Please have a seat. So I want to remind you where we were a week ago in Isaiah 66. The word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah said, To this one will I look, to the one who is humble and contrite of heart and who trembles at my word. And if you remember that word contrite actually brings to mind the mental picture of a cripple. So God is saying to us, this is the one I will look to. The one who knows he needs me. And to the one who knows he needs to come to my word to find me. And you're going to get so tired of hearing me say that today and probably next Sunday that I hope you'll just do it if for no other reason than you'll get me to stop saying it. Right? If you're tired of hearing my soapbox about being in God's word every day, let's just be a people that are in God's word every day and it won't be my soapbox anymore. It'll just be who we are. Right? But what we have talked about over the Advent season is this idea of how there's hope and there's love and there's joy and there's peace that Christ brought the first time he came and his presence with us is what allows us to live in that. And that's what we're going to keep talking about even today and over the next couple weeks is how does his withness help us? Because God with us brings us withness. It brings, because we cannot forget that, that Jesus in John, a huge part of the Gospel of John, John 13 through John 17, through prayer, through service, through actually just talking with his disciples, over and over and over, Jesus says to them, guys, it's going to be hard. It's going to get worse. I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to be gone forever. I'm, actually, I'm not leaving you as an orphan. I'm actually going to send my spirit to live in you. He is with you. He will be in you. Why does Jesus spend all that time literally physically on his way to the cross reminding his disciples of that? Because he knows how much we leak. He knows that he's like, if we don't constantly remind, if you don't constantly remind yourself that I am in you, that I walk with you, that I am your God, and I am never changing. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. If you don't remind yourself of that, then when you have a hard day, a hard week, a hard month, or maybe even a hard year like 2020 was, then you will start to lose hope and you will start to lose your love for God 
and you will start to lose your joy and you will lose your peace. And so we have to be a people that are constantly being reminded that God with us brings us his withness, that he is with us when we are with him. So the question today is, why does withness matter so much? And we're going to be back in Isaiah like we were last week, and we're going to look at a path through the passage that's going to tell us that, that withness matters so much because of who he is, because of what he does, and because of how much we need him. So open up your Bibles to Isaiah 43. It was today's daily reading if you um, were doing your homework like a good child should have been, and I will, um, and we're going to jump into our first point here and look at how God with us matters so much because of who He is, because of who He is. Now, before I jump right into Isaiah 40, I'm going to start um, in Isaiah 43 and verse 14. But, but I want to just quickly background. Isaiah was a prophet of God who lived in Jerusalem during the time of the Assyrian Empire, when the Assyrian Empire was attacking Israel. And they were the world's superpower at the time. And, and we're even going to see reference in this passage that God raises up another superpower over, over a long period of time, like 100 years, Babylon, which is now modern-day Iraq. And at this point, what he's going to do, what God is going to do, is he's going to send the Babylonians to attack the Assyrians to get them off the Jewish people's back and give them a little, like, rest. Now, eventually, the Assyrians do conquer the Jewish people, and the Babylonians conquer them and conquer the Jewish people, but that's a story for a different day. And oh, by the way, part of why our D groups starting in January, or the, the third week of January, are going to walk through the Old Testament story is because we need to know God's story, because the intricacy with which he works out the details of even world politics will give us hope in what's going on in our own nation today. Right? So let's pick it up in verse 14 and see just who he is. He says this, thus says the Lord your Redeemer. I mean, right out, right out of this, right, the, here's who I am. I am the Lord your Redeemer. Now remember, this is 700 years before Christ. I am the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent Babylon and will bring them down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans into the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, the Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea. Remember what he's, ta he's talking about there. He's talking about their deliverance from the Egyptians in the Exodus. I am the one who saved you in the Exodus. A path through the mighty waters. He is our great deliverer. Who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty man. Guys, these passages like this over the last six or eight months have really got me to thinking something. And I, and I don't want to be offensive to anybody, and I, but, but here's, here's my question. This is because we have, we have so wrung our hands over what's wrong in our nation. I think what we've forgotten is there's a whole lot wrong in our churches. Right? And, and, we're, and guys, when I, I'm not saying we're not beyond that and above that at Cornerstone. We desire to be people of the word. That doesn't make us perfect. But guys, what if, like, we, here's, what, here's, here's, here's what the passages like this that are so, I mean, how many times in just those four verses does God reference himself? I, me, holy one, king. Here's the problem. The church in America, the Western church, has made the, the rescuing, redeeming grace of God all about us. We have made his story all about us. And because things aren't going well for us, 
all of a sudden he's no longer our God. That's the problem with nationalism. Guys, the difference between us and Israel is the, the church is not a nation. The church are, is the called out ones. And the church is what God is doing in the world today. Right? That's why we have to make sure that our church and every church we can have any impact on is a church that's centered on the word of God. So that when things fall apart in our country, or we think they're falling apart in our country, we aren't wringing our hands going, somehow God is no longer on the throne. God never had a covenant with the nation we call the United States of America. That's the bottom line. It just is. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we weren't founded on Christian principles. It doesn't mean that, we, that it is absolutely true that Moses is, I mean, that, that, that Scripture is all over our nation, nation's capital, and I praise God for that. It doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for repentance, but what it does mean is we need to make the right thing the right thing. Or we keep the first thing first, and the first thing is the church is what matters to Jesus, not the United States of America. And guys, what if, and I hear, I, I, that was all sidetracked, and I apologize for that, and I need to stick to my notes, stick to your notes, stick to your notes. Okay, so, so, but what if, even what we think, the, like the good old days in the church, I, I got saved in the, in the mid-90s, Maranatha praise music was all over the place, I mean, big, you know, it was the seeker-sensitive movement was booming, churches were growing, the Willow Creek model was flourishing, but they have come out over the years and, and recognized even some of them, Willow Creek in particular, came out and did a big study, and they realized, you know what we did? We created a church that was a mile wide and an inch deep. What, what they did was they created a bunch of people that were professing faith in Christ and had no idea what being a disciple of Christ looked like. And, and what if, and yet we were thinking as a, as a church, capital C Church in America, we were thinking these are the good old days. Man, if we could just get back to that kind of energy. Here's what the Lord hit me with the other day. What if, as I've been reading through passages like this, what if what we think of as the good old days in the church, in the church man, people raising their hands and just masses of people and, and, and promise keepers events that I was going to, and man, it was just rocking. What if that was really wanting to make Jesus spit us out of his mouth? What if we're the church he's talking about in Revelation there? Well, how's that possible? All these wonderful things were happening. No, what does he tell them? You have become lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you just deny me altogether or really get serious about following me. But this whole playing around with me, like being a Christian on Sunday and at some big event or a concert or something, but the rest of the, of the days of the week, the other 165 hours of the week that you have living no differently than the world? What if that was us? What if what we shouldn't be praying for is let's, can we just get back to the good old days and instead go, what is the new thing God is doing in his church in America? Because what is true about the church in America is that it, it has done more good for the gospel in the world than any other time in human history. That is absolutely true. But what if it's going to look a whole lot different moving forward? It's part of why, again, we're, we're going to talk, like it's, it's why we are going to double down in 2021 on not just making disciples and not just making disciple makers, but teaching people to teach other people the word of God, because we're going to have to get good at that. Okay, so I just the, the days of the large crowd, everybody praising Jesus, not only are, may they be over, but I'm not sure we should even want them back. I'm not sure that's exactly what was pleasing the Lord. 
I think it just made us feel really good because we have made the story all about us. The story has always been about him. Turn the We're going to come back to chapter 43. Go to chapter 44. Go to chapter 44. I got to go back. I got to go to chapter 44 too and take a look at what he says. I'm trying to think of where, where, where did I want to go? Chapter 44, verse 6. Sorry. 40, chapter 44, verse 6. He says this. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and the last. There is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order. From the time I established the ancient nation and let them declare to them the things that are coming. So he's like, if you guys got it all figured out, you tell me what's coming in 2021. Guys, a year ago today, a year ago this Sunday, none of us thought 2020 was happening, right? We know, we, and yet we think we're going to figure out the best way to approach 2021 without God. That's what he's saying. And the events that are coming to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. I have, not, I, have I not long announced it and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any rock? I know of none. Guys, he's begging us to trust him like never before. Do you remember when we were going through Daniel and Revelation? Remember what we talked about, how like the middle section of Revelation where all the bad things are happening? And what, what do we say? The, the picture was a little at a time. It, keeps, it kept unfolding. Remember the plagues and the bowls? And, it, it kept on, because God was literally shaking the world awake. What do you think he's doing? The problem is, and I've shared this before, my lament is that what I feel like is so many cr professing Christians are not only not waking up, they're more asleep than they've ever, ever been. You know, we've talked about it, right? Like church attendance has dropped by a third in our nation. And when, when in the past, during times of crisis, it always escalated. And yet we sit here and we wonder where God is. And I think it's because we left him on some shelf that we would pull out on a Sunday and go, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, and then put him right back and go, now I can get on with the rest of my week. And that is not what honors him. Guys, I'm going to ask this question a few times today. If not him, if he's not God, if he's not your God, who is? And if you're not ready to claim him as that now, when will you? If not him, who? If not now, when? Like, what's it going to take? What is it going to take for him to wake up the world at the level he needs to wake it, like to get us, to get us going? So why does witness matter so much? The first thing is because of who he is. The second thing is because of what he does. So back to chapter, uh, to, to chapter 43, and we're going to pick it up in verse 18. And, I'm, and, before, guys, and before, before I even read it, I need to apologize for, for, um, on behalf of me and my family. 2020 was the Troyer's fault. I just need to let you know that. 2020 was the, and here's why. Because in, back in 2019, at the end of every year, we, we, we pray about a verse for, our, for the coming year. So in 20, before any of this craziness was going on, we prayed, and God gave us Isaiah 43, 18, 19. We had no idea what we were praying for at that point. Because not just in our nation, but in our lives, in the church, in Cornerstone, in our own family, um, a lot of the new things he's been doing, we haven't really been a huge fans of. 
but we trust that he is a sovereign God. So let's pick it up and see what he does. He says, do not call to mind former things or ponder the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Guys, what does he promise to do? Like, Like in this passage, what is he promising to do? Well, one of the things he's promising to do is he's promising to refresh us, right? How many of you feel refreshed this morning? Honestly, like, okay, apart from being here this morning, I'm saying just in your life, before you got here today, how many of you would say refreshment is the word you're feeling as we wrap up 2020? Because that wasn't the word I was hearing talked about. Yeah, because you just got back from vacation. Well, it wasn't really vacation, but yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing a lot of and what I'm feeling is fatigue, tired, worn out, right? I, I, it's been a long haul. I get it. And not just 2020, but just even the last few weeks, right? But here's what we have to remember. What does Jesus tell us? In Revelation 22, you've got to find it here. In Revelation 22, he says, sorry, I don't know why I can't find my notes today. He says this, the spirit and the bride, that's us, say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take water from from the living water from the streams of life without cost. Guys, like I said a minute ago, here's the thing. We leak. And and I get, you're you're sitting here today and you're going, yeah, but I've been coming to church and I'm trying to read my Bible. And I'm, and and, and, we've had these conversations even as a family and I'm still tired. I'm still frustrated. I'm still fatigued. And so imagine how much worse you'd be. That's all I can tell you. Because you, you and I both know professing Christian friends, brothers and sisters that used to sit among us or just people that, that, that you know from, that, that, have, that aren't in doing, they're wiped out and they're worn out. And some of them don't even know it because they're so far gone, right? So at the very least, like, don't think for a minute that it isn't having an impact. It's just we constantly need to be pouring in, that living water poured into us because it's constantly leaking out of us. And so, so, don't let your fatigue, don't let, in other words, here, here's, my, here's my prayer for us. Lord, don't, help, don't, don't let us think to ourselves, it's not working when the it is you. You are always working, Lord. Right? He is always working. He always works. You see, yeah, but, but, but he also says, that, so he says he's gonna, he's gonna make um, rivers in the desert and he's gonna make a roadway in the wilderness. And man, my road has been so bumpy. Where is the six lane paved freeway with no traffic on it, Lord? I wanna see that path. But right? I, I wanna go there. What does Jesus tell us in John 16? He tells us, guys, take heart. Like in this world, you are, you're gonna have bumps, potholes, tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? The only solution to the problem is him. It just is. It's the only thing we've got, so we may as well press into him. But guys, here's the thing. The difference between like holding fast to Christ in times of struggle, like, I, I'm speaking for me, but well, and for and others that I've discipled, including my own family, holding fast to Christ and then, and then letting go of him is 
are, why, why are we pursuing Jesus? In other words, is Jesus, is being in the word of God, is going to church, is praying, all the spiritual disciplines that we talk about and we'll continue to talk about here, is it a means to an end? Or is he the end? In other words, are you pursuing being a good Christian so that he will, so that he will give you gifts? Whether they be physical, tangible things or just more joy, more peace. What, guys, he is the gift. He is not a means to the end. He is the end. And until we see Jesus as more beautiful, just, just Jesus as more beautiful than any gift he could ever give us, including maybe, maybe you have the best marriage in the world, like, but you don't because I do. May, maybe you have the greatest kids in the world, but you don't because I do. Maybe, maybe you love being with your family more than anything in the world, like I do. This is not the end. This isn't. It's a means to the end. And if I see them as the end, Lord, I want to be a good Christian so that I can raise my family to be good Christians because that's the end. I missed the whole point. He's like, Doug, a few years ago, that's what he hit me. He's like, Doug, I didn't give you a great marriage and beautiful and, 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 and kids that love the Lord and love, his, and love my bride so that you could have a good family. I gave them to you so that you guys could honor me. Is he the end or is he a means to your end? He is the best gift. But in order to do, in order to live that way, guys, especially now, we have got to get more intentional about how we live. I said it last week, I'll say it again. If we let life happen to us in 2021, it will. And he will have little part in it. Guys, men do, remember I got on my soapbox, I won't this week, men do what men want to do. Don't tell me you don't have time. Absolutely you do. Every single one of us gets 160, every single person in this room, not just the men, every single one of us gets 168 hours in the week. The only question becomes, how do we spend them? That's it. That's the only question. We all have the same amount of time. So how come some people have, the, make, like have this amazing walk with the Lord and, dis, and, are, and seem so, it's, it's, it's called discipline. It's called discipleship. It's called making your have to turn into a get to because you want to because he is the end you're pursuing. So one of the things you have on your table, and we just put a couple on each table, but is, is a little packet of information. We had them on there last week. So if you took one last week, you don't need to take one this week. But everyone should have one. And they're also on the, t on the tables on the way out as well. But basically, they're just different resources that we make available to help you because today is the 27th. So you have a few days until January 1st. To What we do is individually as a family, we fill this out. And then we get together, some, hopefully before New Year's. I think last year it was like a, the day after maybe. And we talk about, okay, what, what is your goal? What is your goal? What, is your, what, where, where did, what did the Lord give you? Now, what is the Lord giving us as a family? And then throughout the year, I'll just shoot them like, hey, I'm still praying for this for you. I'm still praying. Like to remind ourselves of this, is, this was what we said we wanted to be about in 2020. In this case, 2021. Are we really doing it? 
So I want to, ch- I'm like, just personal. I'm going to challenge you. Like, like f- take this home, fill it out. It's, you're the only one seeing it. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's a assignment. You don't have to write in complete sentences, but take the time to think through how are you going to put God first in your life in 2021? Because if you don't, if you don't take the time and then find, and it talks about this in the forms, if you, and then find, and find ways to remind yourself, because what happens to New Year's resolutions is we stop doing them. We give up on them before January is even over. But also we can't, most of the time we can't even remember what they were, right? By February, you don't even know what your resolution was. So not only fill it out and figure it out, but then figure out a way to have people hold you accountable to it. Again, that's what discipleship is. Share it with people. Hey, this is what I'm, this is my challenge. This is my challenge. Please don't share them all with me because I can't hold you all accountable. But, but hold each other accountable. Are we doing what we said we were going to do? Okay, so why does witness matter so much? One, first and foremost, we always have to begin and end with God because he is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. Second thing is because of what he does. Because he knows everything. He already... Somebody prayed it or sang it or something, but we talk about like, like none of us, or maybe Jeff did during the pastoral prayer at the start. He, like, like none of us know what 2021 holds in store, but God does because he's already there. So man, if, if, you, if you want a counselor who's gonna help you get through the next year, wouldn't it be awesome to have one that had already lived through the whole thing? Well, that's God. So come to him in his word and, and see if he doesn't, help you find a roadway in the wilderness and a river in the desert because he'll get you through it he will one way or another he'll get you through it you'll come out looking either more like him in in, in 2022 and that's really i guess my the challenge for me is for me personally is is 2021 going to make me more or less like jesus christ that's the question that's really the fundamental question that i use when i fill out my little form is it, am i going to am i going to come out on the other end of next year looking more or less like jesus christ why because that's the end that's god's end game god's end game is not our comfort but our conformity to christ right we say that here all the time because we are all about our i am all about my comfort but God is all about our conformity to Christ. And so is 2021 going to conform us to Christ? And the last thing is, and, this, and, and none of anything I just said means anything unless you believe that you desperately need him. You will not see him as best. You will not pursue him as the end. You will not spend time in the word every day. You will, guys, you just won't. If, if you don't believe that you need him, nothing I just said is, is going to actually work for more than 21 days. You'll get through the third week of January and you'll be done. Unless you beg God to help you get to a place where you realize, I can't, I, it, guys, that's what happened to me 20, how old are you, Kylie? 22. 22 years ago. He, he put me in a place where I, and then he did it, and then because I'm stubborn, he had to do it to me again when, Emma was born, and I was 17-something years ago. And he put me in a place where I couldn't afford not to be with him. It was like, it, it was like it's become like breathing to me. I just, I don't even think about it anymore. I just have to do it. I just do. Like, I don't, it, it, and, and that was totally the Lord. But start, but you need to pray that, that he would do that for you. 
that you wouldn't even have to think about, oh yeah, I need to have my Bible time today. Or even, oh yeah, I get to have my Bible time today. You would just have your, did you think about getting up and using the restroom? Did you think about having breakfast if you're a breakfast person? Did you think about, no, we just do it. Why? Because it's like breathing. You can't not. Like, and if, because, because you've gotten to a place where if I stopped, I don't know what I would do. Like, guys, like even just, even just saying that, like, like I've thought to myself, like, what would I do? Like when, when brother Al, Sean's dad was in the, I thought to myself, like if something like that, and I'm not even talking about the tragedy of losing his wife of 50 years. No, how, how many years? 43 years. I'm not even talking about all, I'm just talking about the, the being in a hospital that long and being incapacitated and not being able to press into his word. I, it, it like, it like makes me anxious. Like, honestly, it's, it's like, it's like, I get the same feeling I would get is if Scott, and I'm just, cause I, he wouldn't do it, but I saw the face. He came up with a plastic bag and he was going to put it over my head. Like, that's how anxious it would make me that, that feeling of, oh, how, how long are you going to do that? Am I going to be able to breathe again? Like, like, like that's where we want to get. Praise God. That's where we want to get. And he can make, if he can, if he can do that to a sinner like me, 20 something years ago, he can do it to you. So we want to, we have to know we need him. So let's, we're going to finish up our passage. Look at verse 22. He says, yet you have not called on me, O Jacob, and you have even become weary of me, O Israel. Now, guys, listen, like, listen to these first few verses. Does that not sound like the church today? And could that possibly sound, and I, and I have nobody in mind, but could that possibly sound like you? You have become weary of me. Like you're, just, I'm, you're just tired even hearing about this gospel thing. You're just tired even hearing about the goodness of Christ. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. You have not burned your offerings, nor, nor wearied. I have, not, I have not burdened you with offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You have brought me no sweet cane from, with money. You have, you have bought me no sweet cane with money. You have, you have filled, I'm sorry, nor have you filled me with the fat of your sacrifices. Rather, you have burdened me with your sins, and you have wearied me with your iniquities. He's saying, guys, like, so think, I know a lot of that is Old Testament lingo, but think, here's what he's saying. Look at how you're you're living your life. Look at how you're living your life. Is your life a a living sacrifice for your Savior? Keep going. I, even I, I, God says, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may prove it right. Your first forefather sinned. That's Adam. In Adam, we all sin. Romans 3.23, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right there it is in, in Isaiah. And you and your spokesmen have transgressed against me. So I will pollute the princes of your sanctuary. I will consign Jacob to the band and Israel to revilement. Guys, do you see, if, if you take that passage that I just read, verses 22 through 28, do you see what... 22, 23, and 24, 26, 27, and 28 are two chunks that are talking about our rebellion, sin. What do you see sandwiched right in the middle? Verses 22 through 
24, sin, our rebellion. Verses 26 to 28, sin and our rebellion. What is sandwiched right in between in verse 25? Grace. The grace of God. Sandwich. Isn't that just like him? Right? He's the one going, I am the one who has wiped out your transgressions, not for your sake, but for my own sake. For my own glory. To prove me the gracious God. And I will not remember your sins. Do you remember in Isaiah 118? He says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord our God. Though you are stained red like I can never get it right. Scarlet, you will be white as snow. Right? Though, though you are red like crimson, is that the other one? You will be white as wool. Right? It's, he, he invites us to this wrestle, but he reminds us of his grace. I am the one who will do it. I am the one, guys, I get. I get it. I get it. I get the fatigue factor. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When my alarm went off today at five in the morning, I almost hated it. Like, like I mean, physically the alarm, like the thing that was waking me up. And I don't even, I shouldn't use that word. I very, very much disliked it. It's fatigue. Is, I mean, I felt like we had just been here because we had, right? Like on, I, I get, and, I, and I'm sure, I'm not even gonna ask for a show of hands because my guess is most of you were right there. You're like, man, we were just there. We really, did we really come to church on Sunday? So first of all, praise the Lord that he got us out of, no, really, praise the Lord that he got us out of bed today, right? He did it. He got us out of bed and he got us here. I get the fatigue factor. I also get that over and over and over as Jesus is pressing to the cross, he says, those who endure to the end will be saved. Because that, like, like that, I'm not sure yet if that's going to be my verse for 2021, but I'm starting to think so. Those who endure to the end will be saved. Because endurance is, is going to be the name of the Christian game in our country in 20, moving forward. It really is. There, there is not, and I'm praising God for it. There will be no more room for this lukewarm, like I can just play around with Jesus, Christianity. But what that means is that those people who are really Christians had better get themselves in really good shape, right? Like we had better get serious about following hard after Christ, about being disciples, about being people who teach the word of God in a way that helps people teach the word of God. So in the middle of this passage on our sin and our rebellion is this amazing story of grace your table talk question, we're not going to talk about it at your table because hopefully you're going to talk about it maybe with people you go to lunch with today or at, as a family with your papers. But basically, it, it just says, what are some ways you can plan to be intentional about walking with Jesus in the coming year? That's what, all, that's what that little packet that I held up that's at your table, and there's more of them on the, t on the tables as you're going out. That's what all of this will help you do. So take the time to, to see that happen. But I want to turn to one more passage because I want to the importance of why we need him. So turn to Isaiah 55. We're still in Isaiah, same book, powerful passage. We're going to quick, we're going to kind of wrap up our time with this. Go into a time of response. It's going to be a little different. We are not, um, we're not going to take communion today. I'll tell you what we are going to do instead in just a minute. But look at Isaiah 55 and starting in verses 8 and 9. 
Well, I'm going to start in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. If, if, if you're not reading out of the NASB like I am, all those he's in there, for the most part, are capitalized because they're talking about God. And then look what he says. Now, now the voice transitions and it's now God's voice. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts. Guys, I asked it once, I'll ask it again. If not him, who? If not now, when? I mean, look at, look at this is the passage that Sean shared at his, at his mom's memorial. Guys, look at, look at it. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, your best thought and I don't mean like good, righteous, I mean smartest, is a box of rocks to God, right? Like it just, Einstein was a dog. Like he, he taught himself, he could sit and stay. That was the extent of his knowledge compared to God. What better ally to have? And guys, he's right here. The wisdom of the wise you hold in your hands. You say, yeah, but I read it and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me and I'm not really sure how, guys, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Right? That's where the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and applies it to the people of God to get us to look like the Son of God. That's why you have to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I would behold wonderful things from your Word. Because look at what God says next. Right? He's saying, my thoughts are so much bigger than yours. Now look what he says. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and make it bear and sprout, make it bear and sprout and furnish seed for the sower and bread for the hearer, so will my word, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter in which I sent it. Do you see how, guys, the reason he's focused on his word is because this word is where the power is. Guys, I, yeah, the Holy Spirit is needed to make the word come to life, but, but this is where the power is. Apart from this, there is no power from God. I don't think that's true. I know, I know people that aren't really word-centered. They're just spirit-centered. But guys, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Spirit of Christ? The Word of Christ. It really actually means faith, salvation, comes by hearing the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's trying to tell us in Romans. And by the way, that's what this is. This, this whole thing, not just the second half of it, the whole thing is the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's where the power is found. So we have to get into it, expecting it to speak to us. Okay, so when, when you plan for next year, when we get intentional about not letting your life just happen, but by fitting him into it, yeah, pray, like plan for Time in the word and prayer. Absolutely. Like th those are important things to have. Guys, pray. Add to that. The church is what God is doing in the world today. So our plan to be intentionally involved in the bride of Christ and in fellowship with other believers. Because 
it's, it's needed. It's why, guys, it's why, we're all, it's why we all got up and even though we very, 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 very much didn't like our alarm today. Because we're like, you know, I know, I, I just need to soak in the presence of the Spirit and His presence is present in the presence of His people. The collective witness of God. We saw it and heard it in the prayer time and in the music. We'll, we'll see it in the time of response, Lord willing. And then the last thing is plan, mission, and discipleship. Mission and discipleship. Because guys, here's the thing. We don't know what 2021 has in store for us, but none of it changes the mission of God. It's not like, it's not like, it's not like Jesus went, go and make disciples, except in 2020 when you're not allowed out of your house. Right? He didn't say that. So nothing that's before us. Guys, do you remember how we started? I'm going to wrap it up and the music team can come up. Do you remember how we started the Advent season? Emmanuel, God with us. About how Matthew, at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, says, and the virgin will, will have a son, will be a child, and she shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then at the very end of that same gospel, it's called an inclusio. It's Matthew's way of very intentionally saying the stuff in between these two things is really important stuff. Matthew 1, he says this. Matthew 28, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you when you're doing that all the days until eternity comes. Guys, that's the mission that we're to be on. Will 2021 make you look more or less like Jesus Christ? Now, rather than going to communion, we're going to have a time of response. The music team's going to do whatever they do. But during that time, guys, here's what, here's what I want to do. Because one of the things, before you get to Okay, God, like, like let's, I, just the Lord hit me with this and I, and I texted John early in the week and said, hey, we're not doing communion Sunday. Because, which, which is a big thing for me because man, I so love communion, right? We do it every Sunday here now, which is such a blessing to me. So for me to go, let's not do communion. I have to go, man, Lord, are you sure? Like really? Because I, I really wanted to give you the time and challenge you to give your 2020 junk to the Lord. Because you can't go in, because if you sit down and try and plan 2021 with Jesus and you are bitter and angry, hurting, fearful, why would you, why would you want him to come along with you on the journey? You got to give that stuff to him because he wants it. He died to take our junk. Guys, I, I, I don't know which, I, I think it was the first message in Advent. Understand this, guys. A baby born in a barn who lived a sinless life and went back to be with the Father without going to the cross accomplishes nothing. The cross is a big deal. We know that. So, so what, what do you think 
that didn't accomplish. It's the vision I had during resurrection when we couldn't gather. And Jesus is on the cross and I'm coming down the stairs and he says to me, Doug, what part of this is not enough? So you have cards at your table. There are cards up here on this table. The music team's gonna do whatever the music team does. They're gonna play a couple of songs. We're gonna gather back at the end for a minute. But right now, I just want, I wanna ask you, and I'm gonna pray for this quickly. I'm gonna pray that the Lord will just reveal to you what is your 2020 junk that you wanna leave here today? Nobody's gonna read them. Write it down. If you need four cards, get extra. There's some on the back table. And hang them on the cross. Leave them there. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the truth that, that you invite us to give us your stuff, or give us our stuff. You invite us to lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross. I want to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that right now you would move on the hearts in this room to eat maybe even things that we were unaware of until this very moment because the Spirit is revealing it to us. What is the junk that we need to get rid of? And then, and then let us move, because that's what you ask us to do. Let us move and, and, and come to the foot of the cross and hang it there and leave it there. And as we do, let us hear the beautiful words, the last words you spoke. It is finished. And let us walk into 21 free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In Jesus' name, amen.